We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How to win $500,000. That's what we're talking about this week on Stealing Bananas. I'm Ben Gretsch. You can find me on Twitter at Yards Per Gretsch. With me, as always, is Sean Siegel. And we're joined this week uh, by Davis Maddock, uh, one of the road of his OGs. You can find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. You can find his great podcast. You can find his great podcast, The Take Cast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find all his work over at Sports Grid. And we just wrapped up our draft in the last episode. So let's hear what we thought about it, what we thought about some of the other builds in this particular draft, and who we think has a shot to really take down the title. So our final team, it comes out uh, with Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor at the top of our running back list. Josh Kelly, Wayne Gallman, and Justice Hill close that out. We only took five running backs. Justin Herbert's our only quarterback. We did a stack with, with Mike Williams and Jared Cook. Uh, our receivers are DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, Mikkel Hardman, Elijah Moore, Henry Ruggs, and then KJ Hamler late. So we took nine guys, most all of whom are young guys that we're projecting to have their career season, their first big, huge season. I think Mike Williams might be the oldest guy on our, <laughs> our receiving group. Maybe it's Chris Godwin. I don't know. Uh, and then our tight ends are Cole Komet, Jared Cook, and Zach Ertz. How do you guys think we did here? Like a B minus, I think. I think we played tight end wrong. I like we're we're really counting on Zach Ertz being traded or Cole Komet breaking out. Um, and and it is true. And I've heard uh, Peter and Pat make this point many times that you can kind of get by a tight end, but that is true as it relates to winning your twelve man league. That is not true in terms of winning half a million dollars. Like we we really do need a. a like we need a very good Cole Komet season or like a, a random 11 touchdown Jared Cook season to win half a million dollars. I, I mean, again, Zach Ertz, I just looked it up a minute ago, 88 catches two seasons ago, and it was over 100 the year before yeah, that. But he is a billion, like roughly a billion. <laughs> like he, he, <laughs> he, might get, he might get cut and not be signed. Like that's the thing is like teams are saying they don't want to trade for him. He might be cut and not work out anywhere. I'm gonna be so excited when he when he winds up on some team and catches 90 balls and Davis has to realize that we got the seventh seventh round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Davis, how would you have played it differently at tight end? Because for me, 
And I, I really liked your arguments against Hawkinson. And I think that that's something people need to keep in mind. A lot of volume does not equal fantasy success. It equals the entire team going for the number one pick in next year's draft. Right. But when you're picking in the 12th slot, one of the many problems that you face is that if you don't want Hawkinson who fits in perfectly there at the three, four turn, you're really out of position for all of the rest of the tight ends. Should we have gone for, for Goddard earlier? You know, I, I think it's just kind of one of those things where when you're picking at 12, you're just kind of at the mercy of the draft room and you just do the best that you can. Like, I don't, I don't think the answer is to take Dallas Goddard at a spot that you don't feel that comfortable taking Dallas Goddard. I don't think that the comp, the answer is, is reaching around on Mark Andrews. I don't think the answer is taking TJ Hawkinson over wide receivers that we really liked. Like, I think it's kind of just, sometimes the draft room is friendly to you and sometimes it's not like not every draft is going to be a winner. I, I thought we did a good job with the options we were presented, but we got sniped on Trey Lance and Hunter Henry, who we both really liked. We got Mark Andrews got auto drafted and he might've, he might've fallen to us. Um, like sometimes things just happen and, and the draft room was kind to us in a way, giving us Barkley and Taylor, two players we liked that allowed us to draft all the wide receivers we liked, but yeah, it's just every draft is a little different, and the board texture. Unless we would have wanted to take Hawkinson, um, would not have been there. But I just I for Hawkinson, I think to get there in FFPC scoring, I literally he might have to catch like 110 passes, honestly. Like, what, what, what do you have been projected for yardage? So let's, last let's year, compare last year Waller and Kelsey caught 105 and 107 balls, and uh, no one else caught at the tight end position caught more than 72. So if but he they, got 110, I think we'd be. In, what's that? But they each scored double digit touchdowns. Yeah, but just the 110 catches alone, I think we'd probably be in an okay position. Well, keep in mind they got another game. There's another game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't know that when I said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Logan Thomas would have been an interesting pick. We, we Part of the reason we didn't make the move at the 7-8 turn where we went Herbert Williams and, and Sean, as you said, sort of in context, we were split at that pick. We lost some receivers right before that pick, um, including Debo going two picks before us. I'm sure we all would have been very excited about that pick. Devonta Smith, one pick before us. We were split on Higby and Thomas. Davis, uh, you, you're uh, you know high, high on Higby. I, I think Logan Thomas would have been a really interesting pick there. I'm still pretty excited about his potential again this year after earning quite a few targets last year and knowing that Fitzpatrick's going to sort of add add volume to that passing game, add some fun to that passing game. Thomas wasn't particularly um, uh, efficient, but he did have those 72 catches I just referenced. He did have the third most tight end receptions last year. They added Curtis Samuel, but there's still, I mean, there's going to be more pass attempts in this offense this year and still not a ton of competition, I think. I'm going to say that I really like what we did at tight end, and partly it has to do with my portfolio. I've got a ton of Noah Fant, a ton of Logan Thomas. So, in terms of diversifying a little bit, which is not something I emphasize, but it's nice to get a different group of tight ends. And I like it in a team like this, we're kind of forced to do it. When you take that running back, running back early, you've got to be very careful about spending any pick that's not on wide receiver. Also have a lot, obviously, of Kelsey and Waller whenever they come through. And so to not be completely loaded up on those guys. And, and I go back to the idea, I think that the three tight ends that we got 
are fantastic values there. One of the reasons why I don't like to take tight ends any lower than Gasicki is that I, I just don't think that they're great opportunities really to score points this season, which I think is Davis's point is that if you're going to win the half a million dollars, you need to have those tight ends who really can score. I think between the three guys we have here, and I'm not really in on Jerry cook, but I can see how that. I'm not either. Friedman did some weird brain worm on me when he came on this whole cast, talking me into drafting Jared cook. I, I, cause I really like Parham. I think there's a chance that Parham is, is Logan Thomas or, or Darren Waller part three. Yeah, I, I'm not an uncook either, but you know we have Herbert, so <laughs> we got that going for us. Look, as long as it's as long as it's stacked, no one can criticize us when we talk about it later. No one can criticize a stacked team. But I do think that the three tight ends gives us three shots. I think that two wouldn't be nearly as good. I think the three at this price is a is a crucial element of it because by the time that we got to those guys, we didn't have other picks we wanted to make. Now. If James White does what you're saying, then we will regret regret not having him. But otherwise, I like the way that that plays out. Davis, looking at those, that big, long string of wide receivers, after the first two, more Godwin. Ben pointed out those guys need to hit for us. But maybe they don't even. Maybe we get one of those guys injured. Who do you like best? What are the scenarios you see potentially playing out from our wide receiver core? I mean... I, I see big things for rugs. Like I see uh, a non-COVID offseason getting to training camp. Nelson Aguilar is gone. They spent the first round pick and they say, we got to figure out a way to get you the ball eight times a game. Jet sweeps, bubble screens, nine routes, whatever you got to do. You Use the guy that you just drafted as the first wide receiver and maybe the best wide receiver draft of all time. You don't want Henry Ruggs to become bar trivia. Like you don't want him to become who was the wide receiver who didn't make the hall of fame in the 2020 NFL draft after Rager, you know, Rager breaks out this year, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, all these guys. I also, I also seem to be higher on Judy than Gretch. Um, first off the fact that he ended up with 850 yards and three touchdowns last year, I think I, mean, I actually looked it up the other day and I was surprised by that. I was like, Judy wasn't that good, but he was. Um, and that offense was not very good. Cortland Sutton should be back by week one, but maybe not. He, he, he that would be that would be an accelerated timetable that would be back before twelve weeks. There's still what let's call it a five percent chance that Aaron Rodgers has traded to the Denver Broncos, maybe less. Um, but you know there there is that out. And then Chase Claypool, all the touchdowns. Like these these are all, of course, the upside things. But the fact that you can tell yourself stories about seven of your different wide receivers is like literally the point of the exercise. Yeah, that's very fun. And and I was I wanted to say I was fine with the Judy pick, especially because we were sort of talking about Javante Williams. Uh, and I trust you too. Uh, I'm not that down on Judy. I'll just say like the receivers that went after him, Sutton, we talked through that. Beckham, we, we talked about that a little bit too but Robbie Anderson Kenny Galladay and even further down this is where it's like hard for me Tyler Boyd Juju Smith-Schuster Michael Gallup LaVisca Chenault uh DJ Chark I'm not super high on but Debo Samuel those are the guys that went in the round the two rounds after Judy there's at least five guys there that I would take over Jared Judy I really thought Chenault was going to get back or I would have made a little bit more of a I I would have I would have not vetoed Chenault there yeah, Chenault probably would have been a, a better pick there. I would have really liked to take Boyd there. I would definitely take Debo over Judy too, I think. Um, there's just – and I think Robbie Anderson in a vacuum is an easy one to 
to like over Judy personally. But there's there's a lot of um, uncertainty with young players, and there's a lot of reasons that we see the, the long term trends on second year guys. And uh, I'm I'm very comfortable swerving into that uncertainty and trusting you guys. I there's in all likelihood that's going to be the one that that smashes and and works out really well for us. And we're going to look back and and, and laugh at you know the, the, that I thought it was a, a terrible pick. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO21. That's RVRADIO21, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package, is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give us an A because... We were planning to go wide receiver, wide receiver to fight off this 12 slot, but then instead we drafted the players who in just a slightly different world would be the number two and number three picks in the overall draft. We get the two hero backs to give us two shots at the $500,000. And then obviously we take a lot of wide receivers from that point. Now that you've seen our team, Davis, more or less like taking those two running backs at the beginning. No, I think that was the right thing. I think both structurally and and value-based drafting-wise and unique combinations, right? This is a big tournament, having unique combinations in the playoff round. I would imagine that the combination of Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor will be pretty rare because Jonathan Taylor will mostly go in the first round. Saquon will either mostly go in the first round or if we get bad news – right from his knee injury then he'll mostly go later so i I feel like that is going to be a very rare combination of players 
Davis, give us a look at a couple of the other teams in the draft. Who do we have the most to fear? Who has a, an interesting, crazy, fun roster? Well, I, I mean, the, the guy who drafted like 97 running backs. But uh, can, you, can you pull up the, um, the guy who drafted the two wide receivers, uh, the Diggs and Adams at the beginning? Because from loosely following him, I think it looked like his team was very strong. Gretchen, his technology. Yeah, I'm a supposed brilliant. to be hosting the show, dude. I'm, I'm brilliant at this. Here's the draft board. I thought I was sharing the draft board, to be honest with you. That's that's um, how little I know what I'm doing. So, so guy guy who drafted at a ten: Diggs, Adams, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen. Don't love Thielen, but he kind of had to deal with us taking the young wide receivers in front of him. But then he gets. Javante, Mostert, Pollard. He gets Ryan Danahill and Trey Lance. He does the the young guy, Irv Smith, and the old guy, Austin Hooper combo. I, I think that team looks really good. Hooper, I think, would have probably been a better – there's a lot of picks on that team that I think would have fit our build really nicely. But Hooper, I think, probably would have been the, the better pick than Cook, frankly. Not that he's like a great pick or anything. But, yeah, that was the team as well for me, Sean, when, when you just asked Davis that, that – stands out to me completely so we had two teams that selected at least four running backs to start the other one started tyreek hill calvin ridley terry mclaurin tyler lockett worked the qb in there and lamar jackson the guy we were hoping would make it to us at the 512 and then came back with robbie anderson and noah fant the first running back there aj Dillon, in the eighth round and ends up with Kenyon drake philip Lindsay. Gio Bernard, James White, and Elijah Mitchell. So basically all of our targets. I feel like that's a perfectly executed zero RB build as well. Yeah, uh, maybe not. Well, still got Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. I was going to say maybe not enough receivers early with just five in the first six rounds. And then, you know, you took a QB and a tight end early and start going to running back. But he still made little, little check-ins with Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. That is a really good draft. I was, I was ready to compliment team three but they needed to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Najee Harris, and they needed to go back to wide receiver instead of taking Connor and Madison. Team Team three was so close to being like a really good team. They took LaVisca early. They got Boyd, Deontay Johnson. I, I don't really love him, but whatever. Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb. Like he, like that guy was really close to drafting a good team, but he, he, he really butchered it in the back half. And he has Kelsey at the top before Najee Harris. Also took Tyler Higby in the eighth. Um, to Davis's point, you know, took took five receivers and didn't go back to receiver until the sixteenth round. Five really good receivers, but um, you know, some of those other picks in the middle rounds are are easy to look at and say could have probably used another receiver here or there. I think this I feel team, about most teams. I think this team out of two may have the best first five pick upside that we'll ever see in Christian McCaffrey, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, Josh Allen. Don't necessarily mind the upside with Kareem Hunt coming back after that. Maybe would like a little bit more in terms of upside receivers than Gallup and Cooks for different reasons. I was, you know, almost the opposite reasons there gets Jarvis Landry, a guy that we were sort of debating and, and had some interest in. That also could be a, a fantastic team. Yep. I like a lot of the teams here. And, and one of the things that you do see when you have a team take a lot of running backs, as we had in this draft, is that 
that doesn't necessarily help the rest of the teams in terms of winning their league since we have to compete with a lot of other very good teams. But out of this group, there are a bunch of teams that could win the whole thing. Yeah, there's several here that are very interesting. Um, Man, I just am looking at that run we went on from round three to round 11, and it's just so nice taking players you really like, like taking good players that are all young. I was I was thinking, like, we really ruined the, the MO of our team, actually, by taking Cook and Ertz, because up until that point, the oldest player, the most tenured player in the NFL on our team was Mike Williams. He had he, he was the guy with with the most NFL service time up until the point in which we took Jared Cook. They, it was like a a twenty four and under team, which you always love to see. And I mentioned a lot that one of the reasons why I like the idea of reloading on the fly in Dynasty is that my redraft teams end up being younger than a lot of rebuilding Dynasty teams are. I think that's the way that works. I think that you get those players. Uh, are more expensive next season. The theme that Ben and I are going to have next week on stealing bananas is projecting the 2022 draft and how that will help you win in 2021. The circle background, tight end is maybe the position that I'm more willing to take the old guys if they're proven. I don't have a problem with taking stars. I have a more of a problem, I think, with taking guys who are 27, 28 who haven't done that much and are still being looked at as breakout candidates. I think that sometimes people don't realize how old some of those tight ends are. Is that something that works in for you at all Davis or are you just, it doesn't matter the position. And I mean, obviously we want the young guys, but when you look at, you know, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey is older than a lot of these other guys who are considered to be done. Now it's apples and oranges because when someone had a historic season last year and is very clearly physically still functional at that level, it's a different thing than someone like a Rob Gronkowski or a Zach Ertz who didn't do that last season. So I think at tight end, I think you can say like literally nothing matters. Age doesn't matter. Team doesn't really matter. Like team context doesn't even really matter, which I know makes me a hypocrite because I just used that for TJ Hawkinson. But I think when you're talking about like breakouts, it just becomes about volume. It just becomes about do circumstances outlay in such a way that you become – a, a primary receiving weapon for your team as a tight end, right? The Gary Barnage thing. Like Gary Barnage had played in the NFL for, I, I don't know, a long time. And then just circumstances had to lead one year to him become, yeah, he had played in the NFL. He was 30 years old. And then he showed up with an 1,000 yard, nine touchdown season. It was never heard from again. But like you can, you can find loads of guys like that. Like, uh, Dalton Schultz last season, 89 targets, 615 yards, four touchdowns. We'll probably never hear from Dalton Schultz again. He will be Blake Jarwin's backup, you know, whatever, whatever. But like that, that to me at tight end, I'm carrying mo- really just about projectable volume and that's it. Well, Davis, thank you so much for coming on the show during this draft with us. We had some great laughs and we made some fantastic picks as a result of your input and it's just a real pleasure to have, as Ben mentioned at the beginning, sort of the road of his crew back together again for this show. I, before you go, can you tell us the one guy that fantasy owners need to have in 2021 and then tell us where listeners can find you, what you're going to be doing next? CD Lamb, get him. Make sure you do drafts until you get enough of him. Take him over 
of it. You know, look, if you got to start taking him over Michael Thomas, do what you got to do because CeeDee Lamb is going to be going in the back end of the first round in fantasy drafts next season where Tyreek Hill and Steph Diggs are going. Uh, of course, you guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. You can listen to my podcast, The Take Cast, wherever you find podcasts, and also the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. And if you just search my name on iTunes, uh, both of those shows will pop up. That will do it for today's special FFPC draft episode of Stealing Bananas, where we're going after the $500,000 with special guest Davis Maddock. I'm Sean Siegel, and with me is Ben Gretsch, whom you can follow at Yards Per Gretsch. To keep up with our draft exploits and find out how we finish out the draft, these crucial running backs at the end, if we do take another wide receiver, who's going to be our QB2? What do we do at defense and tight end? Please subscribe to Stealing Bananas. You'll get the next episode when it releases that way. We have reached the end of our rate and review contest where you can win a six-month subscription to Rotoviz by reviewing the show and promoting it in some manner on social media. But you're in, in luck if you haven't reviewed the show so far, if you haven't sent out that social media shout out to Ben, to Colin Kelly at Rotoviz Radio, because we're going to keep it open for one more week since we're doing the draft special this week. As always, make sure you subscribe to Stealing Signals, Ben's fantastic newsletter, which will catch you up with everything you need to know about fantasy football. And if you want my newest article on how to dominate out of the 12 slot, you can get a 10% discount to Rotoviz with the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. We'll see you soon.